Okay, we are back to podcast, and I hope everyone's doing well. We've had a good week, good um, week before Christmas. I want to uh, wish everyone a Merry Christmas. This will be, uh, well, I'll do a Christmas uh, probably live stream uh, for you just quickly uh, on maybe Thursday or, or, I'm sorry, Friday, maybe Saturday morning, most likely Friday. But um, thank you for all your prayers uh, concerning uh, UPS and work. And it's just been a busy time of year. And uh, I am thankful, thankful for a job and uh, the ability to be able to work. And so I absolutely appreciate each of your prayers. Um, Don't forget, we will start back Bible study on January the 5th. And when we start back, uh, it's already been requested that we uh, cover heaven, what heaven is like and will be like. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good good study uh, that we will get into <clears throat> as, we, uh, as we proceed and we start Bible study or in-person Bible study back. All right, let's go to 1 Samuel 26. 1 Samuel 26. And um, let's start, we, we did about half of this the last time, but um, I want to start in verse number 13, verse number 13. So what's happened um, so far in this chapter is David has spared Saul's life once again. And um, once once we get to... Verse 25, I'll show you some things. We'll probably get through chapter 27 today. So let's go to chapter 26 of 1 Samuel. And we are introduced to a a gentleman by the name of Abishai. Abishai is a a great friend to David. He is a key ally to David. He is always there to defend David and to fight for him. On numerous occasions, he offers to cut Saul's head off or just to uh, defeat the enemies of David. And so we uh, we come and we meet Abishai in this chapter. We met him the last study. And now we go to verse 13. So David has once again spared Saul's life. Um, this is a very difficult time, of course. David is a... is for all intents and purposes, as I've said on several occasions, he's an outlaw, basically. I mean, uh, that doesn't mean the law is right or correct, um, but he is running from the law. The law at this time is the king, and uh, it's King Saul. And so David is fleeing from him, albeit um, he's been fleed against and persecuted unjustly. Uh, he's still an outlaw nonetheless. So let's pick up in verse 13. Then David went over to the other side. This is, of course, after uh, sparing Saul's life. And he stood on the top of the hill afar off in a great space being between them. This way an arrow or a spear couldn't get to him. And David cried to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that criest to the king? And David said to Abner, Art now thou a valiant man? That would mean brave. And who is like to thee in Israel? 
Wherefore then hast thou not kept the, thy lord the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As the Lord liveth, ye are worthy to die, because ye have not kept your master the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is, and the cruise of water that was his bolster. And Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? What a liar. David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore doth my lord thus pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is in thine hand? Mine hand. Now therefore I pray thee, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the lord hath stirred thee up against me, <clears throat> let him accept an offering. But if they be the children of men, cursed be they before the Lord, for they have driven me out of this day from abiding in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one doth hunt a partridge in the mountains. Then said Saul, I have sinned. So David is basically asking they they are they're on two sides of this valley two sides of this hill and they're able to communicate and yell at each other if you please and david is asking what what did i do T tell me what did i do to deserve this i'm i'm but a flea you are the king and i'm a nobody and Saul, what have i done what why have you uh, done this? Why are you pursuing me? Why are you after me? What what harm have I done to you? Is is the question that he's asking, and we all know the answer to that. He's done nothing to Saul. It's all an issue within Saul's life. Saul was a a, a characterless man. Then we go to verse twenty one. Then David said. Then Saul said, "I have sinned. Return my son, David." I wouldn't trust it for a second, and I know you wouldn't. For I will no more do thee harm, because my soul is precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool, and have erred exceedingly. And David answered, and said, Behold the king's spear, and let one of the young men come over and fetch it. And the Lord render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. So David's saying, We'll let the Lord deal with this. We'll let the Lord address this, and um, settle this matter betwixt us. Um he he says in verse 23, For the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, and I would not stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. So he, he David tells him, Look, I had you dead to rights. God willed it that you be at my hand, but I wouldn't kill you. And uh, he said, It's because you've been anointed. You are of the Lord's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then said Saul to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things, and also shalt still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. So there's a pact made here. We'll, we'll see if it stands, but David asks him, What have I done to you? Why? Do you seek to harm me? I had you dead to rights today. I could have easily killed you. And Saul, understanding this, uh, makes a pact with David, uh, promising that he's he's done 
seeking after his life. He's done trying to kill him. And so there's basically a peace pact made between the two in chapter 26. Now, um, there are, let's see, one, two, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve encounters of Saul and David. So twelve times they have been in each other's presence, basically. Uh, it's when David comes to calm Saul by playing the harp. Chapter 16, David becomes Saul's armor bearer in chapter 16. David asks Saul to let him fight Goliath in 17. Saul's son... Jonathan and David become close friends. Saul takes David into his own home. Saul becomes jealous of David, and he tries to kill him. From that point forward, Saul will make David captain in the army. He um, loves. He gives his daughter, Michael, to love and marry David. Saul tries to kill David. And then we see that uh, David encounters Saul in a cave, and David makes a promise to Saul, and David again spares his life. So what we've got, we've got kind of a an old-fashioned feud that is basically one-sided. Uh, David isn't out to uh, out to hurt Saul. He doesn't want to hurt Saul. He's not against Saul. He doesn't despise Saul, and he actually spares Saul's life every time. Um, that he he falls in his path where he could take his life he easily, but David never chooses to do so. So understanding that, David uses that in his plea to Saul to make this peace treaty, basically. And so that's where we are as we approach chapter number 27. Chapter number 27. Now, chapter 27 uh, kind of hits a low point a little bit. We've had a high point for some time. We we should get to the end of this chapter. It's only 12 verses. So First Samuel 27. And David said in his heart, I shall not perish one day by the hand of Saul. It's basically, it's just getting the best of him. There is nothing better for me that I should speedily escape into the hand of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek you me anymore in my coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he passed over with the six hundred men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinanom, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. So, it it appears that uh, Saul is keeping his end of the bargain. It appears that Saul's, you know, going to honor his word. He's the Bible saying he sought no more against David, and so. Uh, I want to go to verse 5, verse 5 through verse 12. Um, it, it gets into a, a failure, basically, of David's life. Um, David has, if you recall in, on one occasion, uh, several chapters back, when we referred and we paralleled Psalm 34, 
that David uh, began to not be necessarily completely truthful. He uh, become cowardice and he he feigned himself to be mad. In other words, he was acting crazy and let his spittle fall down on his beard and that whole story. It's when he told the priest, uh, Ahimelech, if you recall, that he was uh, out to do the king's business when, when he wasn't out to do the king's business. And so David David has another situation here in chapter 5. So let's let's go through this and... I'll teach the lesson of what we're trying to get out of these these two chapters uh, as once we cease. And David said unto Achish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town for the country, or in the country, that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Wherefore Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year, a full year and four months, so almost a year and a half. And David and his men went up and invaded the Gerashites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites, for those nations were of old of the inhabitants of the land, as thou goest to sure even unto the land of Egypt. David smote the land and left neither man nor woman alive and took away the sheep and the oxen and the asses and the camels and the apparel. And he returned and he came to Achish. And Achish said, Whither have you made a road today? And David said, Against the south of Judah and against the south of the Jeremalites and against the south of the Kenites. And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, saying, Lest, thou, lest they should tell us, saying, So did David. And so will be his manner all the while he dwelleth in the country of the Philistines. And Achish believed David, saying, He hath made his people Israel utterly to abhor him. Therefore he shall be my servant forever. Go to chapter 28. And it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, No, David, know thou surely that thou shalt go out with me to battle. Thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt know that thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. So we see a bit of an alliance here with David and Achish. And so as we see this come to pass, we're going to go into chapter uh, 28, verse number 3. And we're going to get into the final downfall of Saul. Final downfall of Saul. This will this will we'll close out with this this last chapter, which take us take us to chapter twenty nine for the next study. And chapter number thirty, we'll start wrapping First Samuel up. But let's go to verse three of First Samuel. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and wizards out of the land. Now, familiar spirit refers to those who are uh, dead, with whom some people would frequently hold conversations. Um, just know if you ever hear anyone say they speak to the dead, that's not of God. That's not of God. Uh, that's the familiar spirit. Hence the term, you know, it's familiar to you. Um, Ouija boards, 
you know, speaking to the dead, talking to the dead. Roman Catholics do that stuff. They pray to the dead. Folks, that is witchcraft. It is wrong. And it's worse than a sin. And so, uh, that's what the familiar spirit refers to. Um, they were What they were supposed to do is come and tell things to the person who had power over them. And the people of Israel were forbidden to consult with such spirits or witches. You'll see that in Leviticus 19 and 20 and Deuteronomy as well. So, Samuel had put them all out, or Saul had put them all out. Anyone that had a familiar spirit that was contacting familiar spirits and, and such the like. We come to chapter number 28, verse 4. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Gilboa. Now when Saul was the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. So Saul's afraid. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Why is the Lord not answering Saul? The Lord's not answering Saul because Saul has completely forsaken the Lord and his will and his word. He has rebelled against God. He has been seeking to kill David. He's full of flesh. He's full of pride. So he can't hear from God. We read in the Bible where there's been times that he healed or he heard from God, but no longer can he. And so we go to verse 7. Then said Saul unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. There you go. That I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on an other raiment. And he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, bring me him up, whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou snare for my life to cause me to die. So Saul is basically... Um, backtracking on what's right. Saul so at one time knew this was something that was wrong. He knew this was something that was sinful, something that he uh, shouldn't be doing. He knew that it was something that shouldn't be in the land. He knew all of these things. He knew them well. And yet... Look what he's doing. He can no longer hear from God. He's got uh, communication cut off between he and God. He's no longer hearing from God. And so now he's, he's in essence, backtracking on things that he used to stand for, stand against, and believe. So much so to the degree that he disguises himself and he goes and asks for a familiar spirit and the lady says, look, Saul's done away with all of them. But there is a, a woman, a witch, in Endor. Okay? Verse number 9, or verse 10. Well, let's look back at verse 9. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. 
Wherefore then layest thou snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul sware by her, to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spoke, spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. Why would she know that? She would know that because Samuel and Saul's relationship. And when she saw Samuel come up, she would know at that point that it was Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. They would be messengers or angels. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me. And answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee, and has become thine enemy? He said, Why are you asking me? Why are you bringing me up? Why are you talking to me? Now here's something that's familiar, or, or very interesting. Nowhere is the Bible teaching that this stuff is not real. He's teach, God is teaching that this stuff is not right. You know, some of this divination, some of this Ouija, some of this uh, demonic things, people talking to the dead and hearing from the dead and such the like, nobody's ever said that it wasn't so. It's just a matter of it's being a sin and it completely against God to do so. And so, uh, verse number verse number 17, The Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom of thine hand, and he give it to, to thy neighbor, even to David, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. You hear what he said? He said, tomorrow you and your sons are going to die. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. And the woman came unto Saul, and saw that he was sore troubled, and said unto him, Behold, thine handmaid hath obeyed thy voice, and have hearkened unto the words which thou speakest unto me. Now therefore I pray thee, hearken thou also unto the voice of thine handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before thee, and eat, that thou mayest have strength when thou goest on thy way. But he refused, I will not eat. But his servants together with the woman compelled him, and he hearkened unto her voice, so he arose from the earth and sat upon the bed. And the woman had a fat calf in the house, and she hasted and killed it, and took flour, and kneaded it, and did bake unleavened bread thereof. And she brought it before Saul and before his servants, and they did eat. Then they rose up and went away that night. So what's happened here? What has happened is 
Saul at one point in his in his ministry in his kingship had done away with all of these diviners. He had done away with all those that practiced witchcraft. He had done away with uh, anyone that had a familiar spirit or contacted familiar spirits. One time he stood against these things so strongly. At one time he loved God. At one time he obeyed God. But he's gotten so far away that he's done. It's over. It's completely over. God is going to take his kingdom away, which he already has in essence, but he's going to die very, very soon. Samuel told him, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Saul's life is very rapidly coming to an end. How would you like that to be your last day on earth? That you went to a witch. It's a witch. He went to a witch at Endor and had her conjure up Samuel. Now this really happened. She really, he really spoke to Samuel. It really occurred, and that's the danger of this this stuff. Is nobody ever from the Bible? Nobody can ever say that it's not true. It's not real. The Bible's teaching that it's wrong to do so. It's wrong to to you know delve into witchcraft and divination and fortune telling and future telling and uh, all, you know just all of that it's wrong, it's sin and that's what Saul's doing Saul can't hear from God He knows not, he's not hearing the voice of God he's not following the voice of God so he's resorted to this he's resorted to a, a witch with familiar spirits you know people don't hear from God, so they resort to their horoscopes. Or maybe they don't hear to God hear from God because they resort to their horoscopes. And here's the, the amazing thing about that. Nobody's ever said it wasn't true. God's saying it's not right. That you should follow me. That you're not to get involved with the spirit world because I got news for you. The spirit world is very, very real. It's very, very accurate. It's very, very true. The problem is the fact that it is that. And if we're not careful, you can't hear from God, people resort to it. All kinds of superstitions, all kinds of you know, horoscopal activity and things like that that they're going to set their day by, their future by, their mood by. And nowhere is it saying that that stuff's not accurate. It's just not right, and it's not proper. We, as the children of God, should be controlled by the Spirit of God. To be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit of God. To possess His Spirit, to be filled with His Spirit, and to serve God in spirit and in truth. That's what we're sealed by. And so we don't need these other activities. We don't need this help. But Saul was so far from God that this is what he's resorted to. So we are rapidly headed towards the decline of Saul. In the next couple of chapters, Saul will be dead and the way will be paved for David to fully and completely and rightfully be king.
And so we have concluded uh, our study in First uh, Samuel 26 and 27. And so the next time, I believe it is, we will be in uh, chapter 28, 29, 30. And so I'm sorry, we this time we actually cover more ground than that. Um, we will, we, we may finish, we'll definitely be finished by our next Wednesday night. Um, but this time we, we've gotten through, um, through chapter number 28. So 27 and 28. And then, uh, we will go into first Samuel 29 and, uh, chat first Samuel 30, most likely. And by chapter 31, Saul will be, uh, completely off the scene. So when that happens, we will go to 1 Corinthians and do a study there and then come back to 2 Corinthians. But this has been 1 Samuel 27 and 1 Samuel 28, the final downfall of Saul. I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. I love each one of you, and I hope you have a great remainder of your week. Good night, and God bless.